You're listening to Once, episode 343, Is This Henry Mills? Hello and welcome back to Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Aaron, And I'm really, really excited to talk about this series finale of this TV show today. <laughs> it's almost like it just, it all wrapped up, isn't it? Perfectly with like a perfect little bow and everything was perfect. <laughs> it was a really great finale. It was a great wrap up to this storyline that we've been following for this entire season. <laughs> Indeed. I feel like we've said this before. <laughs> I just want to forget that the last 30 seconds of this episode happened. And for the most and part, we shall. Exactly. We're just going to leave that at the end where it belongs in the last 30 seconds of our podcast. Yes. 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 <laughs> I was just thinking, how would Daniel have opened this episode? And that's what I came up with. Yep, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> um, and speaking of Daniel, I'm sure our longtime listeners have been wondering where he is. He's actually left us a little bit of a message uh, that he would like us to play for all of you. So we'll be getting to that later on in our episode. And for now, we have a lot to talk about. I feel like I have a lot written down. I do too. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. There's a lot. And we got a ton of feedback, guys. I got feedback. Like I got our normal feedback from email. I like people were sending me stuff on Twitter. People were sending us emails about stuff they saw on Twitter. <laughs> There is just like that hasn't happened for this entire season. Yeah, this was the by far the highest rated episode of the season so far on IMDb as well. Oh, good. With a 9.4 mean- for people who look at such ratings. What was it rated live? I have no idea. We, we stopped find- looking at those ratings in season three, I think. Yeah, I've probably said before that I think the ratings are kind of silly for many reasons, but not the least of which, how does that measure how good a particular episode was? All it measures is how good was the episode before it and how good was the marketing. Right. Because until people watch, if they didn't watch, they don't know how good it was. Yeah. And even the marketing for this show has gone very downhill. For comparison... If we're going by ratings, presumably of people who actually watched the episodes, on IMDb, Hyperion Heights, episode one of season seven, was only a 7.6. And then the next Hmm. week was an 8.4, A Pirate's Life. Beauty was episode four of the season, and it got a 9.1, and that was the previous high watermark. There was a 9.0 for the eighth witch, which ended the, uh, which was the winter finale. Yeah. And then everything else really has been in the eights, which is actually fairly respectable, all things considered. 
Uh, but this was a 9.4. Sweet. And I think it deserved that rating. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, this episode was written by Dana Horgan and Leah Fong, names that are fairly familiar to us, at least in the writing, <laughs> the writer discussion portion of our show. Yeah, I do. I do recall them. They've been around for a little bit, correct? Yes. Dana has written 31 episodes uh, starting in season four. Uh, lots of episodes in season five. Okay. So I guess it's fair that they wrote this episode. To me, this would have been a good episode for Kitsis and Horowitz to write since it broke their curse that they started. <laughs> True. Uh, but. Did they start it? Well, I mean, it's their show. <laughs> it is It is their show. However, I was thinking for some reason that they didn't write the first episode of the season, but they did. They did also write the finale, which makes some sense. <laughs> yes, but they also wrote, wasn't, wasn't it last week that they wrote? Yes. Or was it the week before? It was one of the episodes we didn't like as much. <laughs> yeah. No, it, yeah, it was I'm definitely just... Flower Child that they wrote. <laughs> I'm just reading chat and Jiminy's journal is pointing out that all the promo photos on the website for this episode were from a deleted scene. Really? Which I had already heard from someone that helps us out with show notes, but I wasn't sure if that was public knowledge or not, which I guess it is. So I can now share that. So yeah, we had to, we had to scramble to find other things to use for, for our show notes because all of the promo photos were from a deleted scene. Interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once this is all over, it'll probably be fun to go back and watch some of the commercials over the years because of all Once Upon a Time material, that is probably the thing that other people remember, but I am not familiar with at all because I don't go back and watch the commercials, but I definitely turn it off when the episode is over and I don't watch them because I don't want to be spoiled. So I remember the promo, the very first big break that we had was was in season two between 2A and 2B. So between Queen of Hearts and the episode that came after Queen of Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and ABC did this amazing, I feel like I still have the audio from it on like my iPod because it was just such a beautiful, <laughs> like I think it was like a minute and a half kind of clip that they did. But all they did, it had no spoilers. They just put together a whole bunch of like the iconic moments so far. And um, it was beautiful. I'll, I'll uh, get Jack to link it in the show notes if we can find it on YouTube. Great. I think it's, and it was to this song called Timeless by the Airborne Toxic event, which was, is such a really beautiful song. It sounds like a horrible time, Airborne Toxic event. <laughs> it sounds With like beautiful something music. one of our villains might have tried to do. <laughs> and speaking of our villains, <laughs> you know where there don't seem to be any anymore? In Storybrooke. Yeah. Seems pretty But they're peaceful. still paying for the snow monster's destruction. <laughs> yeah. Eight years later. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> there was a lot of bad stuff that happened in that town. That's true. They had to do a lot of fundraising. <laughs> Apparently, they have no money. <laughs> Tourism's not great when people can't even come to the town. Hey, yeah. Yeah, they could just fix it with magic, couldn't they? 
Yeah, like they have the clock tower 900 times, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's why they can't rebuild the athletic center. They're always rebuilding the stupid <laughs> clock tower. Which doesn't even exist in real life. I know. <laughs> I was really excited when we saw the mayor's house. And it was funny because it took me a minute to figure out that it was the mayor's house, that it was Regina's house. I was just like, oh! <gasps> And then it took me a minute to actually figure out where they were. It was like familiar, but I couldn't place it. <laughs> and Jared Gilmore is all grown up. His last first day of school. Aww. Do kids grow that much every year? I don't think they do. I think that was a little bit. Some of them might. Maybe. I mean, I he... was almost my <laughs> final height in sixth grade. So, you know, probably not every kid. <laughs> I was always the tallest for a long time, and then then I was often the shortest. So there's yeah. that. <laughs> so SBC is a thing. Storybrooke College. Allegedly. Allegedly. Even Jared Gilmore had trouble getting SBC out <laughs> that first time. I didn't hey, think no. Storybrooke was big enough to have a college, but hey. Well, maybe yeah. they started it because all the cursed kids needed somewhere to go to school. Oh, maybe. That's a better theory because I'm kind of like, wow, that horrible dark curse really thought of everything. <laughs> like, okay, you can't just make Storybrooke idyllic now. It was meant to imprison people. <laughs> uh, I mean, but it's true because there was an elementary school, so there was probably a high school. And there was probably a whole lot of college-age kids that came over in the curse, so yeah, they would have needed. Something they were just cursed too. to have low GPAs for as long as anyone can remember. <laughs> and Storybrooke's sports teams don't win anything for as long as anyone can remember. In fact, who do they even play? They don't even get to play. That's true. They just play each other. Yeah. <laughs> Did we ever see Henry move back in with Regina? No. Because I did not know. I was a little confused because, I mean, I'm sure he does like 50-50, but it certainly seemed like he only lived there and was taking all of his life advice from Regina and Emma's nowhere to be found, although they mentioned her. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I can see it. And it's kind of nice for Regina's story to have a good uncursed time with Henry as his actual mother instead of, <laughs> I mean, I guess there we figured out later that there was a part of her that was being a mother even during the curse, but she kind of was just a selfish person then slash evil. Right. So this is nice. And it kind of, it really does make sense because she's got more room possible. Well, I mean, Emma's got the house now, but Emma and hook kind of have a new family thing going on. And so it's probably a better just day-to-day -day <laughs> existence for Henry to just live with Regina. And they're all in the same town, so they can see each other every day. Yeah, that's true. Hook and Emma, they don't have – well, they're a new family because they are recently married. But they do not have – like the kid that they're expecting is much later. Oh, true. But still, I think it might be awkward to have like yeah. a grown son. Maybe the newlywed vibe is a little worse than even like being a young family with an older kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? why don't I just go live with 
my other mom for a little while. <laughs> we learned that Granny <laughs> is also kind of a mechanic. Right. What is that about? <laughs> it was so cute, though. Vintage curse era classic. Right. <laughs> Where were they working on the car? Was that behind Granny's or was that at Regina's house? I thought it was in front of Regina's, but... I did, too. I thought it was hilarious when Regina came out and she's like, would you go pick us up some grilled cheese sandwiches? Yeah, I was like, she's just there helping your kid, not running a restaurant, but... (laughs) I thought it was so weird, really. But, you know. Maybe Granny's is just around the corner. (laughs) Maybe. They had to establish the grilled cheese thing. Of course. So Ronnie could be a mom later. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that they did this storyline, I think that it's very evident that a lot of kids go through this where they're trying to decide whether to stay at home and go to school or whether to travel. And then, you know, because of the nature of the show, Henry has this added layer where he doesn't actually get to be himself in the real world. Yeah. Well, okay. Now I objected to that wording a little bit. He said he was the only kid not whisked there from the enchanted forest. He's from the real world. Like, I thought the whole premise for seven years has been that they're all real and that perhaps our world, as of last week, was just like all the others until bad things happened. And now you're back to saying real world and everybody else is from a storybook. I'm like, nah, this is still not consistent, but it's almost done. <laughs> but they, they turned it around and he said they didn't accept the real Henry Mills. Yeah. Who is both. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) And really not both. Now he's both, but he was never both before. I have questions about Henry's driving, which apparently hasn't improved much since we last (laughs) saw him drive. He said, I may have hit a curb and dinged the passenger door. That's a pretty high curb. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Were those separate incidents? (laughs) Like, uh, what did you do exactly? (laughs) My first time driving by myself, unsupervised, we have like, um, (laughs) so we have like a graduated license system. So for the first eight months to a year, you have to be with a, like, um, a senior driver in your passenger's seat with you. So much like everybody else in this province, I learned how to drive with a driving instructor. And then when you, as soon as you pass your test, you can drive by yourself and so my mom i took my test on winter break and my mom was like if you pass your test you can go take your friend out for breakfast in the in the van but i learned how to drive in a corolla and then they gave me a van and i didn't know things like turning radiuses were different in different cars and i um smashed the like my very first turn with the van i smashed like the uh like you know the step that you would have on the side to get into like a high up vehicle. (laughs) Yeah. I like smashed that into a snowbank, obviously, (laughs) because Canada in winter and then like dented it because I didn't know that like you had to turn wider in a van than you do because it was like a really old like van, not the kind that they have now. So I I can sympathize with Henry a little bit. That's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how you ding a curb and the door because okay. no banks. 
<laughs> Although it was, so big. I think it was June because he was graduating, but. But it's Storybrooke, so. <laughs> I thought that all of the letters that he got, the acceptance letters, I thought they were all going to be rejection letters being like, you're not real. You don't go to a real school. Where's your records? You don't exist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he couldn't go to school anywhere else. I know so many of those things confuse me, like how they have cell phones and the internet. Suddenly, like, so when... do they provide pretty good service in a place that they can't see? I don't know. Regina did adopt Henry, though, so maybe he does exist. From Boston. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's always so weird when they have a flashback that doesn't have like the full cast in it. Like I, I just expect more than just Henry and Regina. And I guess they had Granny. But it's just weird because they've done this a few times this season where it's like they had a flashback that only had Hook and Emma. And then they have a flashback that only has Belle and Rumpelstiltskin. Right. But they're implying still that everybody's there, even though we know the cast isn't. But you somehow feel that they aren't. <laughs> yeah, because it's so quiet. Storybrooke's never been that quiet before. Yeah, they're just happy. <laughs> And just still rebuilding years later. So, of course, the interesting thing about these flashbacks is that actually we could say, meanwhile, in Hyperion Heights. Yeah, they're kind of flash sideways. Exactly my thoughts. (laughs) Hyperion Heights was a little (laughs) creepy at the beginning. Yeah, there was a pretty nasty storm. And while it may rain quite a bit in Seattle, it doesn't, uh, to my knowledge, usually come with thunder and lightning. Or apocalyptic winds? Yes. What did Lucy say? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely apocalyptic. I love how in the opening scene, Lucy's like cowering behind Regina at first. And then Gothel mentions Henry. (laughs) And Lucy's like, what did you do to him? (laughs) Like, And she's like, let me at her. (laughs) that was cute um i will tell you the specific moment where i stopped disliking lucy in this episode Ah! that wasn't it but that did gain her a lot of bonus points so it took 20 episodes (laughs) exactly (laughs) 21 she was in the finale yes exactly And, you know, I just I think they just did what they had to do to get rid of Gothel so that they could move on with the story. Yes, I agree. And so there's the stuff that happened. There's the stuff that we noticed. We also got some really good feedback. I would say we had some feedback that probably tore that storyline up better than I could. And we'll be getting to all of that. (laughs) The Gothel storyline, you mean? Yeah. So Gothel showed up right in the beginning. If you remember, we referred to her as the bat in the Belfry or Belfry's bat or (laughs) something like that. Crazy old lady. I don't know. She was pretty creepy to begin with. She was. So she's been there from the beginning, but her motives and the things that she's appeared to be after have varied widely. True. And now suddenly she's just trying to wipe out humanity. Yeah, is that all? 
Yeah, just, you know, nothing, nothing major. I It did, we didn't mention this last week, but I think now the whole idea, I've been very upset throughout this season that she seems to have magic and nobody else does, but it's a land without magic and yada, yada. But right. that actually makes sense now that we know her backstory, right. why she has magic on earth, because she was always meant to. She was, she's from this world just before it was a land without magic. Exactly. Yeah. And so there are, it's funny because all at the same time, there are pieces that feel very consistent as if they did plan the whole story arc from the beginning. And then there are pieces that feel very inconsistent. And it's almost more like they knew how it would end and they started well, but it's almost like maybe somewhere along the line, some of the people who wrote some of the episodes, they kind of just got a little off course. Yes. And not to jump topics too much, but you literally said this was going to happen with the writers. When the writers switched, we were talking about Rumpelstiltskin and Regina, and you were like, well, yeah, maybe next week the writers are going to be like, nope, I don't like that, and then write him totally different. And that's exactly what they did. Yep. They call it out as much as they can. They at least mentioned, hey, just last week you did this. And he's like, well... Now I know that was wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> Which I see the aberration as being Rumpel doing such a selfish thing after all of his growth and development. Yes. And it was not... Like, I don't know how that got approved, but it shouldn't probably have been in the plot. There was actually no purpose for it. Just, you know, very minimal character conflict and annoying your podcasters. Yeah. To be honest... <laughs> I'm thinking that in that episode, they could have, I mean, they're, they're making this up, literally just making it up as they go in some cases. They're playing with magic as though it's just a, a substance that can be collected from storms like rainwater or pulled from yeah. this person and put into that person. And they just push and pull magic all over the place. They could have easily, to illustrate character development and relationship change in that episode, had Rumple go and ask Regina. And Regina could have shared just enough because clearly they don't have any idea what amount of what does what. She could have shared just enough for him to find the dagger. But I guess they wanted to highlight that she was working on something, but then she didn't get to save Henry at that time. And that's why. I don't know. I'm not sure what all the reasoning is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and And... As many plot points as were resolved in this episode, I think we have almost as many questions as to why that thing even happened in the beginning. <laughs> I do definitely feel like they're trying now. I think at one point they didn't know the future of the show and they needed to leave doors open. Yeah. Like, and like Facilier feels like a seed for what if they renew us? Exactly. And we got some feedback to that extent, um, basically questioning, like, what was the point with Facilier in at all? And even even within this episode, what was the point of him taking Jacinda <laughs> and Tiana, Sabine, right. Drew, whatever, we are both. What was the point of that, if, if only for what happened at the end? But I think, you know, they had to 
make him evil somehow. And like, I don't really know. I do think that him being introduced was to keep the doors open for next year. Yeah. So it seems like they did kind of what we thought they might. As of last week, it felt like, no, they're not going to be able to wrap it up next week and have two episodes for the finale. But despite saying that the finale is one episode, it definitely feels like they wrapped up every loose end they could. Yeah. Or at least set everything into a pretty straight path to the end. They only have one conflict that I can think of left. And it's we won't talk about that right now because we're shutting that out. But it's halfway new in the last few seconds of the show. Yeah. And I was really annoyed that they did that, even though you were right. That was one of my why is Jeremy always right tweets. <laughs> so one pertained to the time travel. Yes. And one pertained to the finale having absolutely nothing to do with the storyline that we've been following for this entire, uh, I was going to say series, but season, the spinoff series, but this season. Now, to be fair, I don't know that the time travel idea was mine originally. I remember, I wish I could remember who someone pointed out that they were in our same time frame still, just like Storybrooke had been. Oh, I, I did, I think. Did I was you? just like, all their pop culture references are current. They haven't right. aged. Yeah. I don't know if somebody else did too. I'm... But yeah, so I'm. What's funny is <laughs> it almost seems possible that they actually kind of heard that theory and thought it sounded like a good idea and still had time to write it in. But like I said before, Regina was so emphatic about not being able to go to Storybrooke and no one in Storybrooke being able to know that they're there, that I think they planned it from at least whatever point she said that. I agree. I think that that it all makes sense. I, I don't know that I like it, but it makes sense. <laughs> Which I believe DeAndre, amid some other feedback, pointed out was in episode eight of season seven, Pretty in Blue, which was actually written by the same two authors who wrote tonight's episode. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe they were like, you two are in charge of this time travel stuff. Right. It's like they can at least stay consistent within their own. <laughs> <laughs> their own idea. Oh, funny. In the chat, we have a message saying that Adam let the time travel thing slip on Twitter back in November. <laughs> I don't remember ever hearing about that. Neither do I. And I think I follow him on Twitter. Right. Because if he spoils, he spoils so cryptically that it doesn't usually make any sense. Right. I really enjoyed Hook Nook being like, <laughs> you need to tell me what's going on. And then Gold's whole speech about how he's not mad and he needs to take a leap of faith and magic is real. I just spent the night tied up in the bowels of the city and I saw things. All right, so either I'm going crazy or Eloise Gardner drugged me or... Magic is real. Magic is real. All of it. Everything you read in Henry Mill's book, we are all from another realm. <laughs> I loved Nook's. I saw... Things. <laughs> <laughs> and then I loved when they got Margot and he kept saying, like, whatever you see, you're not mad. Whatever you see, you're not mad. <laughs> like, he's still trying to convince himself. <laughs> oh, it jumps around so much. <laughs> the show? The themes, they're also 
So Margot goes and has no more luck than Hook at convincing Alice. Maybe less, yes, because she got them all shrunk. Yes. But (laughs) this is a scene that you just don't burst my bubble. This was (laughs) in this episode just for me, okay? Oh, when okay. Ronnie attacks Gothel with a baseball bat <laughs> and then has a stake like a vampire in Buffy <laughs> and she holds it up like, let's go. That was the best. And I do believe that somebody before even the end of the episode, before I had even watched it, was like, Aaron, this one was for you and sent a clip on Twitter and I couldn't even see what was happening. It was so dark and I hadn't watched it yet. So That's so awesome. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> like, you want Charmed? Here you go. Buffy. Not Charmed. Buffy. <laughs> One I do of the have, two. <laughs> I do have a charmed rant for, for later as well. <laughs> <laughs> what episode would be complete? Exactly. So, I speaking of all of them being shrunken down, I have a little bit of a side theory, uh, like a, a motive theory for this episode. Some of the things that happened, specifically that and... Um, several characters being locked in a closet by Facilier. I'm feeling as if they set up a few things so that we would seriously doubt that the curse would be broken anytime soon. Like separating all of the people that could potentially have true love's kiss? Or even, so you see three people get shrunken down and you feel like that's just going to be a whole thing. Right. But not really. <laughs> right. So then the curse breaks and somehow that unshrinks them. I don't actually know why. And then unless Alice was sort of somehow holding them in that state. And of course, she just stopped the second she was uncursed. And then the others go, wait a minute, we can fight even though he's got like voodoo. And they just burst out of the closet. And that situation is over. So, but may I'm wondering if they were just trying to throw us off the scent of a breaking curse, even though it was basically break the curse or die. Yeah, I agree. And I think that I thought, although I'm very happy with how they wrapped up Gothel so efficiently after this, Mm -hmm. I think that I was thinking that that could have been another episode. Like, okay, you know, they, they stopped her. Or sorry, they broke the curse, but then there's still Gothel and there's still this spell that she's done. And like that could have been the finale. Yeah. But. Yeah. And maybe there's no great way to do it. As nice as it was, I thought it was maybe a little anticlimactic considering everything she had set in motion. Um, Her being defeated, Gothel? hmm Yeah, it was. That was interesting because. You know, Ronnie was literally about to die, I think. And then it was a complete turnaround because as soon as Alice and Weaver and Robin and kind of Nook in the background because he couldn't get too close showed up, like Regina even had a smile of relief when she said gold when he showed up and like she knew that he was going to help. Yeah. Even though like because, well, I guess she did have her magic back, but she knew it wasn't enough. Right. Clearly it wasn't. <laughs> we got we got another Regina Fireball, maybe the last ever. No. And, uh, <laughs> I don't accept that. No. Okay. <laughs> well, 
Maybe she'll throw some fireballs next week. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it didn't work very well. Backing up a little bit, Gothel, like her whole thing. <laughs> so, so last week, and this is where it gets... And always has been. <laughs> I'm starting. I'm starting as a sidebar. I'm starting to feel the winding down of the whole process of this show, and it's kind of bittersweet because I start to to kind of say, "What about this? What about that?" And then I realize we've we've just got like like two episodes left. What does any of yeah. it even matter? But I mean, for for journalistic integrity or something akin to that, it's. The, the contrast between last week's episode and this one is stark in yet another way when we go from Gothel collecting carefully all of these witches and saying that they're like her and if she'd known that Alice was like them, things would have been very different. Next thing you know, she sets this whole thing in motion and they start turning into trees. Well, to have a place in the eternal grove. Yeah, but didn't you... She called them sisters forever, her family. She was replacing... I thought it was very clear that she was replacing the family that she lost. They were all supposed to be in the Grove, not be the Grove. So I don't know where that came from. And it seemed like she was going to do the same thing to her own daughter. Yeah, see, I didn't... I wasn't worried Tilly would turn into a tree because I just figured her magic would... And her nymph half nymph status would <laughs> would excuse her from that yeah i don't know they seemed pretty worried and of course as the tension ratcheted up suddenly the timetable maybe that first witch that nook saw turn maybe she just really didn't have much to give in the first place so when she had given everything which was hours and hours and hours before the rest of them <laughs> she turned even if I'm, as long as I'm being super nitpicky on execution, the first one, her cloak dropped on the ground and the deputy picked it up True. and revealed the sapling. The rest of them, the cloak disappeared too, which I found very convenient. <laughs> I think to go back to what you were commenting on, just like the writing in general, it just, it made me think about like, say you work for this great company and you find out that they're closing and you have to find a new job. And <laughs> you've got your like two weeks or two months or whatever notice, but you're still looking for a new job. I feel like you're going to be distracted in your efforts and you're going to just be like, we just need to get this job done before we move on <laughs> to our new job. And I think that that's unfortunate because I look back on all the shows that I've loved that have ended with these terrible endings that could have been so much better but I, I do feel like it's probably a big bummer when your show gets canceled and you need to find other work or you just need to do your best to salvage what, what you have left. Yeah, I agree. I guess I just, to me, that's where I, I guess I would hope that more people who are creating an ongoing story and not doing an episodic show, which is very rare anyway these days, unless you're a sitcom. <laughs> I would hope that there are certain core story principles that these stand no matter what we have to do to achieve them, because this is our consistency. For me, one of those in the beginning would have been this stupid coven is Gothel's sisters. 
she's not going to hurt them. She's going to put them before anyone and everyone else. So even though they had faces last week, I mean, I assume that, what was her name? Uh, Serafina. Serafina. I assume Serafina was one of the ones that was there and turned into a tree. Oh, yeah. But there was absolutely no drama around that. There was no mention of it. There was no, you know, she's built up as special one week. And I I think maybe the point was kind of even maybe at the end of last week that Gothel was actually, turns out, using them more than it seemed. It's... It's hard. I could go either way, really, because as I'm talking about it, I was asking what made them different. If they were human to add magic, why was that better? So maybe it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they weren't really her sisters. Maybe they weren't really special. And she just sort of needed their power to do what she was doing. It's just that if if that was the truth, I don't know if it was clear. Because I certainly felt that she was just trying to build a new family in a horrible, evil way. I don't know that I even thought about it that much, to be honest. But what you're saying makes sense. Like, she just kind of betrayed them, too. Yes. Unless they knew that that's what they were doing. And maybe, like, their spirits would become the nymphs. And so they would really be alive. Mm -hmm. Like, there wasn't a whole lot established about how nymphs are born or created or or even what was going to happen to humanity (laughs) well some of them would be spared though so she wouldn't really be wiping out humanity unless she was lying which i mean she is a monster (laughs) 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 lying witch (laughs) well yeah the storm starts rumbling and and regina says oh you're gonna wipe out humanity with a rainstorm and she says oh it'll be so much worse but I mean, at least she didn't use any once upon a time superlatives. It'll be the worst <laughs> storm Earth has ever seen, or who knows. So maybe she was going to turn all of Earth into a forest planet, and the trees were going to eat people. I don't, I don't think I quite understand what she was going to do. Maybe all the humans were going to turn into the forest. Maybe. But... Um, that park was already looking pretty cool, and now it's got some really big trees that have their roots in a cave underground, which is super stable, I'm sure. <laughs> and those trees actually don't look all that out of place if you've ever been to Seattle. So there you go. I think that park can just yeah. be beautiful from now on, except for that one ugly tree in the middle that they should probably remove. Uh, but they can't kill it because, you know, it's nature and nothing's ever Well, dead. yeah, I'll never. she'll never truly be dead, but She's just she can eternal. be... She can be in lots of different little pieces. <laughs> I loved, I call, I, I call the whole bunch of things Emma 2.0 in this episode. Yeah. But as most of you know, and I'll probably share if we do a bonus episode, my favorite, favorite, favorite scene of this entire series, for whatever reason, is the smackdown between Emma and Cora in Queen of Hearts. Where Cora says, oh, you foolish girl, love is weakness, and then tries to take Emma's heart, and then yeah. doesn't come out. And Emma does the Care Bear stare. No, it's strength, you know? Tilly's speech was so Emma 2.0. Yeah. Love is strength. Don't be a fool. Join your mother and defend your home. You are not my mother. You want to ruin me the way the world ruined you. 
I'm not like you. I'm not an outcast. I'm not an orphan or a street rat or some crazy girl who's lost her way. You chose hate. But I choose love. I love it. <laughs> so good. The sound is so terrible on my TV that I had to watch that so many times to figure out what the words were. Well, yeah. Uh, and that maybe that's a, I don't even know what kind of note that is. I've, I have a lot of trouble with ABC shows hearing the, sound? the yeah. words, not, you know, other things on, on Netflix, other stations. Maybe if I watch anything on other stations, it's mostly Netflix at this point, but yeah, ABC shows have a unique difficulty for me in hearing the dialogue i don't know if they're only designed for a 5.1 system that i don't have like all the voice belongs in a center channel that doesn't exist on my system i don't know but they, yeah they're uniquely difficult to hear the words over the soundtrack somehow yeah well and even the scene that i referenced from queen of hearts i remember that was the the mid-season finale that year and the audio was so terrible in that scene. And then they did one of those specials before the show came back and they had fixed the audio. Oh, interesting. Um, and I swore it up and I was like, I told everyone in chat and they were like, it's the same. And I'm like, it's not, it's not the same. <laughs> it's better. You can hear her. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, yeah, sometimes I have trouble on agents of shield as well. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just me. I kept like pausing and then skipping back and I couldn't even figure out what the word outcast was. And I get that she has an accent, but I heard it just fine just now. Right. <laughs> so, well, now I also know what it means or what it says. So, and I like, it's funny cause she says, I choose love. And then she turns her mother into a a twisted old tree. And, and <laughs> but, but I liked that she followed up uh, with this. I'm sorry your life twisted into something you never meant it to. I promise I will do better. For everyone. Uh, the soundtrack was so good. And she's so good. It was so good. I loved that scene. She's probably my favorite new, new character of this entire yeah. uh, spinoff. Yes, easily. Uh, well, yes. Tiana's a close second. <laughs> we also got feedback. I can't remember who from, but um, just talking about how they really liked that it wasn't a huge deal. Like they didn't make it into this big battle that Tilly had to kill her mother. Right. Which they've done so many times before with the heroes when they've had to take those extreme measures. They didn't do that. It was just like, okay, light versus dark, light, light one the end let's go for pizza yeah <laughs> and yeah and maybe they're playing into the concept of she's not truly dead because she's a she's tree, a tree. <laughs> uh and yeah the funny thing is what i was thinking i started thinking about the merlin season i was thinking we've seen people come back from being trees so if there were more seasons ahead i would actually maybe be slightly worried about that but i think it's safe to say she'll remain a tree. Yes. Or we Except won't be over there maybe, to see it if yeah. Seattle is ever plagued by Mother Gothel in the future. Maybe in the world of fan fiction, she will right. wake up. But that is for you to write about, fans. <laughs> yes. 
in that whole sequence, are we supposed to believe that the poison in Hook's heart is just going to wear off? I don't think so. I think... He said, you made me stronger, and then he's actually able to hold her hand and stand there. No, oh, I think he was just saying that. That wasn't my interpretation of what he was oh. saying. Because then he was on the stretcher. Oh. Oh, okay. I think he was just saying that to be like, no, my heart hurts, but you're making me stronger because you're my daughter and I love you and you can do this and I'm going to just stand here in pain and hold your hand because I know that that's what you need right now to save the world. Yeah, but what about the blast of magic that usually forcibly separates them? Well, this is, you know, it's only just coming back a little bit. I see. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) You just want all the answers, Jeremy. Just I... I do. I mean, you know, I know it's almost done, but we've been watching for a long time, and sometimes I still have questions. (sighs) Your questions are pointless. (laughs) Do you know why you have questions? Because adults lose their belief. You just need to believe. (laughs) Uh, Lucy, I wish you never grew up. (laughs) Okay, so to move on to... Let's follow that to its logical conclusion, Lucy. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) That temper tantrum of Lucy's was my favorite Lucy moment ever. She did such (laughs) a good job. And now I think I like her as a character. That's hilarious. (laughs) I wish you never grew up. Slams the door. That was so good. (laughs) Come on. My favorite Lucy moment tonight was he also deals in tarot cards. (laughs) And they look at her and she's like, I've seen him around Ronnie's. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. But if you break that down a little bit, it's kind of like, I've seen him when I'm hanging around at the neighborhood bar, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, how weird must it be for Lucy now that Henry is awake, but she's still not awake. And he remembers and he's like all excited and hugging her and like talking to her like she knows what he's talking about. And he's like, I'll explain it later. I'm going to go help my mom. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I enjoyed, what was it? Operation Hyacinth? This was like Operation Hyacinth in full swing of trying to break the curse. Like Lucy and Regina were, you know, getting everything (laughs) out that they could. We we had so many weird moments in this episode. It's hard to believe it was just a regular length episode. Yes, that's true. So there was the whole take back scene with Regina still being appropriately mad at Rumpel, but Rumpel totally reversing course. I'm sorry, I don't remember ordering a traitor with a side of betrayal. Well, Lucy told me about Gothel's visit. Apparently, him and Lucy are tight now, too. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, then he just says, he distilled a small amount of memory potion from Nick's blood, and I'm going, huh? and you don't have magic. What, you did what and how and when? And then, it doesn't <laughs> even work. And I'm like, what was the point of that? But I'm thinking that just like in the beginning, Regina needed her mind opened a little bit. Yes, she did. And then she had the memory potion and she had to be close enough to be pushed over the edge. I think maybe the call Henry made to himself would not have done anything if he hadn't had the memory potion in him. Maybe. that I'm going with that. I'm giving them that one. I think too, <laughs> like he 
claims to want to believe, but he doesn't. And so even Emma did not, this is my second Emma 2.0, Emma did not want to believe. She literally looked at August's wooden leg and saw a normal human leg. Oh, true. She, and then he says, you know, we don't have to have the sound clip for this because it's from season one, but he's all like, you don't want to believe. And then Regina's, don't you want to believe? Like there was, there were so many parallels in that scene of Regina and Henry, like of her trying to convince him and him just being so closed off to the idea because of all this pain that he's in. Very true. It'd probably be fun to do a season one rewatch and then a season seven rewatch. <laughs> yeah, they they had a lot of throwbacks. Maybe at some point in the future, we or one of our wonderful listeners will create a highlights <laughs> list. Like a watch these episodes. These are the ones you want to rewatch that won't make you tear your hair, hair out they'll just make you <laughs> cry and wish the show was still on or your heart they won't make you tear your heart they won't, out either. they won't make you <laughs> and hide or it anybody else's <laughs> you remember i mean there was a real problem with heart ripping on this show for a while there was there was, was like n- nobody's hearts were ever where they were supposed to be <laughs> there was just devastating moments of heart ripping. <laughs> and even just odd moments of heart ripping where you're like, would you just put that back? Like, what do you even? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we got a good heart rip this season. No, we got a heart rip. Yeah. Are you saying it wasn't good? It, it was awkward. It was Alice. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh <laughs> I have to say, after seeing this episode, someday I want to text someone, meet me at the cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) How great is it to get a text from a woman that you you believe to be your grandma, but nobody else (laughs) believes to be your grandma, saying, meet me at the cemetery? (laughs) And then the cemetery, right? Okay, first of all, it is in Hyperion Heights. Yes. So the Mills graves are there, and so is Victoria Belfry's grave. Which, by the way, because she fakely did not made look their- fresh. No. True. It's just, you know, Henry stopped and found it. And we were like, well, don't you think it's odd that your family's buried in Hyperion Heights and you have no connection to the place? Yeah. That, well, even that scene about Lucy being like, are we going to dig her up? I loved that. <laughs> Mainly Regina's reaction. She kind of, there's the hesitation. She's like, no. So you're going to just go home, little girl. <laughs> But then she's like, no, we're not going to dig up Henry's family. I am going to dig up Victoria's grave, though. I love, though, like, same with um, Rumpel harvesting the memory potion. Regina somehow digging up the book from her cold, dead hands. Like, we didn't have to see that. And it's interesting because they had no no magic to do that with. So we know they did it, like, in the old-fashioned way. So did Regina Legitsky's just dig up? belfry's grave she wasn't very dirty when she got back well magic wait no no (laughs) hmm it's a good question why would the book even be in there like would it was it like in victoria's will like go to my safe and get this book and bury it with me because reasons or it was already there she had a grave picked out and she's like well i'm gonna put this book here but somebody bury me here if I happen to die during this curse. Yeah, or Drizella knew she, about it and put it there. Right, because really Victoria didn't actually cast the curse. 
And so, okay, so Henry touching the book didn't do anything, but maybe they should have opened it and been like, hey, look at that illustration. Yes. Sure looks like you and Jacinda, doesn't it? That was kind of like like a heartbreaking scene. It was, though. Yeah. And um, I really like, I like this actor. And I actually think that Jared Gilmore played off him a bit. A couple of the things that Jared said, he said very much like this new Henry would say. I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is cute because like he's obviously, you know, he's playing a character. He's trying to play older now. And right. he's, he's finally getting to act his age. <laughs> and there's there's no, he never got to make older Henry. Right. He had to keep pretending he was years younger than he was. Yeah. And then Andrew West took over. And but yeah, I thought they I felt like they did a couple things to sync up their mannerisms. Yeah. But I loved uh, like I don't know. You all know Emma's my favorite character. But when he was like, "Where's Snow and Charming? Where's Emma?" Like when he said, "Where's Emma?" His voice actually caught like he was just so upset that there was no like his other mom wasn't there. Like the savior wasn't there. I don't know. Yeah. I just, that was such a good scene. Yeah. And then she grabbed his face and I totally thought she was going to kiss him on the forehead and break the curse. Yes. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> and then later he was holding Lucy similarly. Yeah. And I thought he was going to kiss her forehead and, and break the curse. Like when he woke up and neither of those things happened, but we still got a good character honoring curse breaking. Yeah, and I like that he, I mean, we hypothesized that it was going to be, or I hypothesized at least, that it was going to be Regina and Henry, and it was, but not in the way that, that we, right. or that I said. But it felt like it should they should be at the center of it. Yeah, I liked that he was the one to break the curse. Like, it makes more sense that he's the savior, if you will. It's his story. Like, this whole season has kind of been, like, this is Henry's story. That's true. And he's not just a failed author and five-star Swift driver. <laughs> One thing I found interesting from a consistency standpoint, too, is we noticed, especially early on, that it seemed like, unlike the older curses, they still had their memories. They were just twisted. And so it seems to turn out that his pain runs so deep because he couldn't save his family. But that's a real thing. Just not that he had a, a wife and child who died. It was more that he couldn't save them all from what happened. Yeah. Because he's the one who got kidnapped and got poisoned. And that <laughs> basically blackmailed Regina into casting the curse in the first place and not being able to break it. Yeah. It was a very, I really liked that. I liked the writing. It was emotional. Mm -hmm. You know, poked all the right heartstrings. <laughs> and it allowed them to explain why they couldn't get help from those heroes he was wondering about. Right. They actually did time travel. At what point did Regina figure that out is my question. Probably when she looked at the year, when True. she was awake. <laughs> I guess they do have the benefit of actual calendars. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't shown one, but... Right. Um, we got... Uh, like I guess obviously because this was a major part of the of the episode we got a lot of feedback about the time travel aspect and one of the things we got two really good um, pieces of feedback from AJ 
One is, this is completely unrelated, but anyone else curious as to why Henry and Lucy didn't have curse names in Hyperion Heights? Yeah, you know, I just thought of that, uh, at least in terms of Henry. I I wondered why his name was normal. The yeah. only thing I can come up with is that the only scene they knew originally they absolutely wanted was Lucy knocking on Henry's door and saying, is this Henry Mills? <laughs> <laughs> just like oh, Henry right. did to Emma. And so they wrote that and filmed it. I you know, I still don't know how much about Hyperion Heights they knew when they filmed the finale of season six. Who had the the magical item to stay with your child? That was Jacinda, right? Or Cinderella. Not Henry. Yes. It wasn't Henry yeah. who had it for Lucy because no. otherwise they would have Okay. So that could be a reason that Lucy kept her name, but it, that's a really loose reason right. because Jacinda didn't keep her name and her name had nothing to do with knowing Lucy was her daughter. Yeah, that's true. They were just together still, kind of. Yeah, Nook had it so that he wouldn't lose Alice, but with Lucy being so much younger and more defenseless, he gave it to Ella. Right. Right at the last minute. Yeah, so that doesn't make sense, but that's okay. I can let that one slide. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we also got a tweet shared like aj sent us a tweet from casper that says but wait so what about ivy and anastasia did they just they just went back <laughs> home to meet their past versions so i'm assuming I, portals have developed a time travel um aspect i had a little bit of a <laughs> i i was i was having a rage moment in my brain when i read that because it's just so true. If they yeah. just had no idea what time they were in relative to anything and they used a portal to go home, where did that put them? I assume that people aren't used to thinking. They've never given an indication that you can just time travel. I mean, we saw how hard time. They needed a newborn baby for time travel at one point. <laughs> you'll remember. <laughs> so please did. don't tell me they can just throw a stupid bean and they can go through time and space. Maybe they did return back to the past and we just don't get to see that, that they're now like messing up the past or something. Right. Um, yeah, it does pose some some problems. Like we got feedback even from Gareth that's gonna that's wondering like um, what's going to happen to Zelina now that they're in the past, but she's in love with this guy from the past is she just gonna stay in the past in our world past is in the past <laughs> maybe we should let it go <laughs> no that uh, was so good yeah. it's been such a long time since we've had frozen references i know uh suddenly i could hear the singing in my head <laughs> past Yeah, I, yeah, because it's not like, so the happily ever afters are nice, mm -hmm. but it's really sad if at some point they're never going to be able to see the rest of their family again. So does that mean that Regina really, really meant what she said to Gothel? She said, you may have brought us here, but this is my home now. I hope that's not what she meant. Yeah. Like, specifically that place and that year. What, we're just going to, like, live with two versions of all of these characters for the rest of time? Well, plus she can never see everybody else again. 
Yeah, that's not and good. And really, either Henry goes back to where he belongs, or he never gets to see Emma again. Yeah, or his so it doesn't make sister, sense. Cousin, I have a sense. Uncle, <laughs> right? Sorry, I forgot who Neil was. <laughs> Ooh, wait, what? Ba- yeah. Baby Ooh. Neil is actually Henry's uncle, right? Uh, Great uncle. Yeah. He's yeah, actually, that's wait. Emma's brother. No, his his just normal uncle. Yeah. <laughs> what did that's you suggest for the new time timeline format? <laughs> oh, a ball of twine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking just yeah. That, a that tangled ball of twine. That's the new timeline. Great for the family tree as well. The Wentz family tree. Thankfully, they don't seem to have gotten into string theory. Which is what? Well, <laughs> time traveling could have created a separate timeline. Mm-hmm. So one timeline goes on without any changes. They could have almost done that before. They seem to actually say, yeah, you can go back and you can affect the timeline. Technically, Henry's call kind of affected the timeline, but maybe not in a major way. And since he remembered the call, it's kind of a lost style, whatever happened, happened. Kind of like, this is just what time is. At this point in time, this person did this, and it affected this time, and that's just how it is. Yeah. Which is a much easier way to think about time travel in a story like this. I'm trying to remember. I think I've brought this up before when we last dealt with time travel, but I certainly was going to bring it up tonight, given this new information, and just because this is also the series, like we're heading into the series finale. Right. But on the series finale of Charmed... They did, and it wouldn't be complete without a Charmed reference from me. (laughs) They did a time travel thing where they were like current versions of themselves and past versions and future versions. So it was like in the present day, they like accidentally killed somebody. So then the future versions came back and said, you just killed my mom. And so then they had (laughs) to go back to the past to fix the mistake. And then they went too far back. So then they grabbed like their mom who was actually dead in the past to come help them in the present. It was this whole big thing. Yikes. But what ended up happening was when the timeline, like all kind of rectified and made sense again, the past and current versions just, um, it was like this weird effect and they just joined each other's bodies and they were one person again, but with all the knowledge, it is weird. And I can't like, they didn't do it enough in the series to have any, you know, rules about it it was only in the series finale it made it really special though because they had traveled to the past before and they had had future people travel to the past to help them but Mm. but the whole theory with henry is like the gift from tiny he only knows it's there because even in the past his future self called him and told him it was there right like he didn't know about it from any other way like his future self didn't know about it from right from a different <laughs> he knew about it from being told about it <laughs> yeah like it was it's like a continuous loop yeah unless yeah unless at one time before when the loop started because <laughs> maybe you always create a loop where some version of yourself is trapped forever if you do any sort of time travel interference at all but maybe the original henry remembered finding it behind his dresser and so he said it in the first call and after that he started the loop because he affected the past maybe that's a lot for us (laughs) to try and 
<laughs> yes. No, no. no, I like, I like the, I've, I should say I've come to terms with that style of time travel theory where it's like this, yes, the future affected the past because that's just how it is, how it's always been. Yeah, I like that too. We'll go with that. <laughs> so this, this episode just took care of so many things. We have so few questions left. With such a great score playing in the background. Right. It was such a weird side plot, the facilier thing. But I, can I... Can, <laughs> well, not that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just need to say that I was very proud of Jacinda for not following Sabine into the kidnappy closet. They oh, saw... Oh. Well, that when they went and opened it, they saw Drew and Sabine went in. But Jacinda took a step back because otherwise oh. they just walk in and Facilier closes the door. <laughs> yeah. Good call. They ended up I did going not in even there. notice that. <laughs> and then they didn't both react quite the way I think you would. But I thought <laughs> Sabine's face when he used voodoo was like, <laughs> was okay, perfect. We'll get in. We'll get in. She's like, okay, that really hurt. Also, you just used magic. <laughs> Yeah, that whole storyline was kind of pointless now. But It was just so short-lived, but it was super funny to see them burst out with office supplies as weapons. <laughs> like, what did she have, like, a piece of metal? Like, what What did a yeah, ruler? Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, something like that. And a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved, this is, like, again, my token girl moment, but I loved, like, Ella was wearing this, like, super nice light blue long coat which is very Cinderella-y, the, the powder blue dress. True. I noticed the color, but I didn't notice. Well, just like when she was running style was. to find her family. Yeah. I love how Sabine's like, where are you going? Um, where do you think I'm going now that you remember everything that just happened? Like, Oh, and another reason to love Tiana. <laughs> She's been awake for all of two minutes and she called her Ella. <laughs> She didn't call her Jacinda. She didn't call her Jay. And she called him uh, Naveen. Yeah. Yeah. And apologized for something that happened like how long ago? Right. <laughs> Which I guess I guess our season one characters did that too. They just very quickly reverted to Mary Margaret instead of Snow. I'll never get over it. <laughs> uh, I remember in interviews, um, Josh Dallas and Jennifer Goodwin talking about when the curse was broken and they were filming on the streets of Steveston and they were trying to come up with words that they could yell that that looked like snow and charming so that they wouldn't spoil <laughs> it for yeah so like because there's always such a live oh. audience they didn't want to spoil <laughs> that the curse was broken that's so funny <laughs> and so they were talking about yelling like whatever but they couldn't come up with anything um so that they could then voice over it <laughs> but it didn't work <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Snow. Charming. <laughs> now we find my daughter. Ugh. Mary Margaret is five syllables and like a nun's name and not iconic at all. And they just kept going with it. Does anyone else still have to clap to figure out how many syllables things are? Just me? <laughs> Mary Margaret. I mean, it's, it's probably a mental clap. <laughs> I felt bad for the people 
like the paramedics that were tending to hook that probably <laughs> just wanted to go find their family now that they weren't cursed anymore. I had a very unpleasant flashback to the end of was it season five? Because I, I, I mean, I guess I he was dead then. <laughs> well, it was the other time they came back after a big magic battle, and there were very out of place paramedics and an ambulance and hook on a stretcher. But at the time, it was the the real hook, the not wish realm hook, and he was actually dead, as I recall. Oh. And they were taking him away. But I remember it was it was just so funny to be at the end of yet another season, the end of another battle, and there's Colin O'Donohue on a yellow stretcher with real paramedics and an ambulance. And I'm like, what are you even... At least it's Seattle and not Storybrooke. So they made some sense. It was like, oh, there are no other people in the whole town, but there's an ambulance and paramedics. That's really how we deal with things here. Well, that's true. Except if they were cursed, then they would want to find their family. Oh, I'm being corrected in the chat. It was the mid-season five finale, which is true because it was the end of the Dark Ones thing, the end of Camelot, and the beginning of... The Underworld. Yeah. Because then Emma was on the boat, and she was all, I'll find you, Hook. I will always find you. And I hated that moment so much. So much. (laughs) So much. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, I felt oh. I felt so bad for Rumple. The curse is broken. Everyone loves everybody. Everyone's hugging, and he's just like sauntering away because he has nobody, and he's so so sad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to die. Really? Yeah. Now, did you think that he was looking for? The scrapbook or the dagger? I thought that he was looking for the dagger. I did too. Yeah. I And then I thought he just found the scrapbook by accident, but maybe that's what he was looking for. See, I think I would have thought the scrapbook if I had seen the previously on Once Upon a Time scenes right. that they gave us, <laughs> but I, I didn't see those. So I like fast forward through that part. I know what when... happened previously on Once Upon a Time. Thank you very much, CTV. <laughs> <laughs> When Henry saw the adoption papers in his bag and said, really, was that on your Emma 2.0 list? (laughs) No. (laughs) Because if I were using that term, it would be on mine. He sounded just like her. He, like, there's been a few moments where people have sounded like her. Sometimes it's in a phrase that we're not able to say on the podcast, but is said quite a bit in the show. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Another one during the call with himself, he called himself Kid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was great and really weird. Old Henry called Young Henry Kid? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That was a cute call. It was like, would you ever talk to somebody that long who called that you didn't know? So here's the problem with my brain. I enjoyed, and maybe it wasn't just my brain since you said that, but I enjoyed that part, but I could not stop trying to imagine young Henry's perspective and what I would do if some creepy person called and didn't seem to know it was my graduation, but then was like, actually, I just called to congratulate you and uh, and got really deep really fast i'd be like what what is what's going on here yeah but he was also like reciprocating and sharing all of this deep stuff yeah but he's not but maybe you just trust yourself intrinsically maybe 
<laughs> he also like he's in Storybrooke and it's been really quiet there for as long as anyone no <laughs> for a while. <gasps> That's how the whole series is going to end. They're all still cursed. The original curse. No. This is just keeping them busy. That's terrible. Evil Queen wins. Uh, I requested <laughs> the show go out with dignity. <laughs> that would be high on my list of undignified ways to end. Well, I also rewrote that dignity thing about how this episode ended. So, Oh, true. Do you know There's who? still time. <laughs> there is still time. Do you know who allows this podcast to go on with dignity? <laughs> Our heroes. Not Rumpelstiltskin, right? Nope. <laughs> uh, definitely not him. Not at all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's true. Podcasts are actually kind of expensive in the long run. So it has been very helpful to have had our wonderful heroes for all these years. Some of them, in some cases, actual years. For this episode, we like to thank Lisa Slack, Lisa R., James Kinslow III, Marianne Lavati, Heather Peckfelder, Greg Shope, and our 18 heroes on Patreon. We're going to continue having some things that will need ongoing support for as we wrap up the season and have uh, by the way actually we're going this is probably even a good time to mention we're probably going to have a little bit of a different schedule so we might have some uh, different things coming around the finale maybe some extra episodes uh, you could almost say bonus features so as we're doing all of that uh, we certainly appreciate ongoing support if you want to find out how you can help us out and keep the podcast running you can go over to oncepodcast.com slash hero. I mean, we've been holding off on this conversation for a really long time. The one about how the tiny package was actually tiny because it was from tiny. <laughs> yes, that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was I cute, that though. Was Although, didn't that... Wait, did they... Okay, they showed Henry, like Jared Gilmore, leaving on August Spike with a bean. Yes. yes. Did he say he had an extra bean, though? Nope. They said it's your only bean. Oh, okay, good. That makes sense. And then they proceeded to just keep realm jumping like nobody's business. But he would have found other ways. That was his adventures. <laughs> oh, God. And scheduled portal openings that he apparently just intrinsically knew about. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to explain any of those things they said early in the season. Your questions are pointless. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to be disappointed at all if they don't explain that. I'm just going to like, I'm going to live with it. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Of all the things um, (laughs) that I would like them to explain, that's not even at the top of the list. Well, at this point, I don't know why it took me seven years to get here, but (laughs) would, what am I really asking for? A stupid explanation? They can come up with one, like, don't worry, but maybe I don't want to hear it. <laughs> maybe I want to make my own and not have it contradicted. Maybe my headcanon is going to be better than what they would actually cram into an episode somewhere to explain it. Maybe all of the leaders of all of the realms at their board meeting got together and they were like, guys, this it's getting ridiculous. Like, we want to have better access to the realms. And so, like, every single night at midnight, 
um, in the northmost part of the realm, a portal is going to open. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe Tiny had an overstock of magic beans, and so he just thought, well, I might as well burn one for Henry every day. <laughs> and somehow that opened a portal exactly where Henry needed it? Yeah. Wherever he was. Well, it was always in that spot. It wasn't wherever Henry was. He had to be in that spot. Well, we know that um, there's already... So maybe he traveled to the Enchanted Forest, like the old Enchanted Forest. And then he that's where he met Jack. And Jack, they fought those giants, which is where we last got a petrified bean, right? Petrified bean. Isn't that what it was called? That bean's petrified. It's useless. That's what Cora said. Oh. Did I make that up? Should be a magic bean. I don't know. No, no, but something was wrong with it. Okay, okay. At the oh. <laughs> at the end of I Queen know that of one Hearts, of them needed to have magic put into it or something. At the end of Queen of Hearts, <laughs> Cora's all mad, right? Because Snow and Emma got through the the Lake Nostos portal. Well, to be fair, she was kind of mad all the time, right? But she was especially mad. <laughs> and then Hook presents her with the bean that they had gotten from the giant, and she said that bean's petrified; it's useless. And he said, but these waters hold restorative properties. And then they like re... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did she say petrified? Don't remember. Sounds vaguely familiar. You mentioned the Enchanted Forest and other Enchanted Forest. We kind of missed a list that was behind Tilly last week. One of the things that Henry had made... He had a, a specific list on a whiteboard of realms, and it says Enchanted Forest, Alt Enchanted Forest, Wish Realm, Agrabah, Neverland, Land of Untold Stories, Victorian England, and Fictitious Something that I assume is Fictitious England. Fictitious London, I think, is what we always said, right? Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Is Wonderland on there? You can't see much. It is not. <laughs> Eye roll. Right. Maybe that's just assumed. <laughs> right. So, as much as I hate to admit it, their idea of the truth is that another realm is another liter- place literally called the Enchanted Forest. Well, that's what we've been calling it, the new Enchanted Forest. Yes. Not the alt Enchanted Forest. I think I resisted that and just kept calling it another realm because I hoped it at least had a different name. Hmm. Or I they, don't know what it would be, but they basically just had some fan make that list for them. Yes. Or they've been listening to the podcast. <laughs> did they? Did they like perhaps get that from our timeline or something? No. Do we have that list somewhere? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Little do we know that we've actually been helping make the show. <laughs> well, they put in that Buffy scene just for me, so. Yes. Uh, and and podcasting is in the show now, too. Yeah. Or at least All it was. because of us. I don't know if Henry's going to keep podcasting at this point. Well. It's one of my top questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I just want to tweet that to Adam Horowitz and see if he answers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I love the reunions like Regina hugging Lucy for the first time with Lucy actually remembering her. Yeah. 
I like all hugs. Hugs are good. I like all hugs, Jesus. <laughs> yes, but there was meanings, extra meaning in that. <laughs> I liked that. That the reunions were overall pretty good. Yeah. There was Henry's essay. Oh, so good. Dear mom, this is the personal essay I wanted to send, but couldn't. It's titled Once Upon a Time. And it's the story of us. Yeah. It was very good. It was beautiful and not even just for a show about fairy tales. Like it was beautiful for just a show about life. Yeah. The life lessons with Aaron portion. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got, we got really good feedback too from Deandre that was saying like, who of us wouldn't want to call ourselves 10 years ago and like, tell us what we've learned or whatever. It's true. It is true. This segues well into the part that I don't want to talk about. Um, mm. I didn't really like Facilier. It's it's pointless now. It's fine. Our questions are pointless. But he was like super sweet with Lucy and helped her save Henry and whatever. Yeah. And then even with Regina seemed genuinely to care about her. And then he locks Jacinda, who's Lucy's mom and Regina's daughter-in-law in a closet and even with Rumpel, like he's so evil. I, yeah, I had been thinking that maybe we were going to find out that he was locking them away because he needed them safe and out of the way while he broke the curse or fought Gothel or something. But then it turns out he's just watching from the window. He's just like, farewell Gothel. And doesn't really care about anything but what he's doing. He was just layered in, I felt like, all the wrong ways. It was just weird. And then why, like, we get now why Gothel had magic. But he had magic. I know. He had so much. He said it was hard to come by, but he just kept using it. Well, and but then I'm wondering, like, the voodoo stuff, in theory, voodoo is very much, you know of this world like it's magic that doesn't come from fairy tales or anything like that like it's very much right it's something very worldly it's not something that's it's kind of like what i was saying before where it was like they went from fanciful which is to suddenly like pentagrams and stuff and it was just uncomfortable right it's too real and And i I wasn't that was a lot of feedback about the princess and the frog movie is that it dealt with that kind of dark magic that most fairy tales don't deal with even though well i (laughs) this is kind of a rant for another day (laughs) but you know i think that a lot of disney movies deal with dark magic but the reason why there was so much flack about that movie in particular is because it's dark magic that people in this world actually believe exists and use so use in their own belief system or world so it it was too real it wasn't a fairy tale it's right you know something that's very much a part of this world and i think that that's where where that switch comes from right like even with the pentagram and the witches that's not the fairy tale witch magic that's yeah earthly well it's beliefs in a different way i i guess this is a a less a less intense example because it doesn't involve spiritual forces 
but the difference between watching a medieval war in a movie and watching like World War II. For some reason, you can watch, I mean, depending on how it's done, I guess, but you could watch sword fighting and that's one thing, but then you watch like guns and bombs and things and that's a whole different thing because something that's more contemporary or closer to your time or closer to something you can imagine that maybe affect you more. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good way to explain it. What's funny too, though, is that they didn't really, what little they used, they weren't consistent with even in this show. I mean, big surprise, but (laughs) (laughs) it's like, so I never understood the idea, or at least I guess depictions I have seen of voodoo. I've never understood it to be an actual physical thing that was happening. And yet they did the whole, oh, check the medical examiner's report on Nick. Oh, he was stabbed. They said from the inside. I think they just meant only on the inside. But if that's how it was working in the show, then how come Tiana could walk even once the curse was broken? Because technically he stabbed her in the knee. Yes. (laughs) With a pin. Yes. A pin that if it were to scale is sort of like a small sword. (laughs) True. So... Anyway, that, that's that's nitpicking on something that's gone and done, but yes. I still thought it was funny. Because I wrote, okay, bye. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really going to miss him. I just... To be honest, especially on rewatching, I have mixed feelings about the end. I My initial reaction was that the episode was amazing, and then the last 10 seconds ruined a lot. Yep. However, well, first I said that I would rather deal with facilier longer than deal with wish realm rumple or as i now hereby officially decree he shall be called wumple <laughs> what wumple wumple wish, okay wish rumple wish well wumple <laughs> he's wumple and we're gonna say it that way no matter what so wumple. he is wumple <laughs> And I don't think turning new Rumple into Numple sounds real great. So he's Wumple. <laughs> now we're just going to have to see if we can get through two episodes talking about him without <laughs> laughing all the time. Actually, hopefully we only have to go through one episode talking about him because I hope whatever his story is, it's done next week. Maybe. I I, I think it might not be. I I really didn't like the ending. And then... I was doing screen caps for the episode and got to do like a still of him. And I'm like, oh, I've missed seeing him because he's such a good character. Yeah. We got really... So my my initial reaction reversed a little bit because now that we talk more about Facilier and how pointless he seemed, I'm actually glad that we don't have to be troubled with him for the last two episodes. And we do... My initial impression... Not initial, but my impression after rewatching was, oh, they brought original dark one rumple out to play for the last episode yes and that's so we got really good feedback from meredith about this so she said this last season has been very disappointing in the villain department none have had staying power it's more like a sprint where they keep passing the bad guy baton from one to the other rumple has always been the number one villain of the series i didn't like what the writers were doing giving that over to gothel or dr facilier Rumple Siltskin can carry the ball, and if anything is finally going to get the good Rumple to Bell in death, it's going to be defeating his worst self. I agree. He never, he can never defeat himself. It's always been a battle of himself versus himself, the good versus the bad in him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, at, when I first saw him, I thought, oh, this is like head Rumple again, which 
would have been better except that no one else could see him. I don't know. I don't even know if I need to get into the whole Wish Realm thing again, but I think that I will just briefly. (laughs) First of all, he just hand waves how he even got there. Did you really think a Wish Realm could hold me? But again, they've way too much legitimized the Wish Realm. And, you know, you could say, well, the Wish happened, so this whole realm was created with history, blah, blah, blah. That almost works. You can almost accept that that the people there are real, and certainly they better be because we've got Nook, we've got Alice, who is a child partially of a Wish Realm person. But we also have the fact that our Regina murdered Snow and Charming, and our Emma replaced their Emma and then left, and their Henry has a horrible story and is probably still really angry and messed up <laughs> and that was one thing when as regina insisted they were all fake except for robin who was different because he was different from the beginning he wasn't the right age it was like robin's soul ended up there or some stupid thing and then they backtracked on that but nobody else was supposed to be real and therefore regina didn't murder the charmings and by their own rules, technically, that means she darkened her heart. But, of course, none of that is true. Like, But if you want us to forget that part, then stop bringing the Wish Realm back. Especially with time being so short. Like, don't make us think about the Wish Realm anymore. Well, and additionally, it negates the entire purpose of the entire show, which is that Rumpelstiltskin could not get to a land without magic <laughs> oh, yeah. without doing <laughs> this entire 200-year process of making this dark curse bring him to Storybrook so he could find Bay. Right. That and whole thing aside, his... <laughs> everything you just said even, as well. <laughs> right. And even Gothel, like in all of his magical knowledge and his dark magic stuff and all that stuff, Rumpelstiltskin, the dark one, never knew about Gothel, never knew where she was from. And how the land without magic was created and that she actually had ways to get there. Did she need the curse to get there? I don't know. That's why it's stupid. (laughs) And at the same time, his... (laughs) I find that insulting. I'm the worst version of me was brilliant. Like, of course, because he's the best. He's the best villain this show's seen. So, I mean, I kind of get it, but I wish that he had been, like, just Rumple from another time or something. Right. I don't know. Not Wish Realm. Right. Yeah. Or, like, does alternate Enchanted Forest not have a Dark One or a Rumpelstiltskin? They couldn't have brought him from there? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he'd be different because, yeah, he wouldn't Jeez. have had the same story. So he would necessarily be very different, but yeah. And now we've got the questions. Basically, all the questions have been answered. The curse is broken. Henry's fine. Everybody knows each other. The situation with Nook and Alice doesn't look that bad. Yeah, that can be resolved in a sentence or two. Right. (laughs) It could even happen off screen. Uh, and then, uh, so the only questions we have left now that they quickly took care of Facilier is, are, will Rumple 
get to be reunited with Belle, which let's all say it together. I would be very disappointed <laughs> if Rumpel and Belle weren't reunited. So is that really a question? Uh, I don't actually understand why he doubts so much that he will be. They have weird rules about this whole process, but even in their little system they've got going there, I don't know why he thinks that he won't be reunited. He hasn't really done anything that they've said would keep him from that. Yeah, I. that whole thing was very loosely yeah. established storyline. So... Yeah, so we have questions about what does Wumple want? <laughs> Are there two daggers or just one? Is Alice going to use her guardian power on one or both of them? Or are they going to find another way? Blah, 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 blah. We got feedback from Gareth. That I'm just going to read because it reminded me of things that I had forgotten about previous seasons. But he said... Uh, the first dark one turned the pure magic from the Holy Grail dark by killing her enemy. It would be a great ending to turn that magic light again. The trouble is Rumpel has already done so much, including passing the guardian's test of not hurting Alice to help himself. What more would he need to do? If the dark is removed from, from magic, then either Rumpel can safely release it into the world or take it with him to the better place. That does go with the very loosely established rules of magic that it can't be destroyed or created. It can just be moved around. Is that where that concept came from? Oh. That whole story arc? I feel like it was around that time. Because they were talking about like getting rid of the Dark One magic in, in the Emma creepy basement storyline. Creepy basement. <laughs> when Excalibur was in her basement. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> slash cave <laughs> whatever <laughs> was in the basement of her suddenly created house yes which i would love my basement to be a cave if i had a basement <laughs> <laughs> was that a legitimate yawn or a once upon a time yawn you'll never know <laughs> i also loved this feedback from melanie the end of Facilier surprised me. I thought he was going to be the big bad after Gothel was turned into a tree. Even more surprising is that Facilier was killed by Wish Rumple. How did Wish Rumple make it to Hyperion Heights? Is the dagger Wish Rumple held his dagger or Rumple's dagger? Is the series going to end with a Rumple battle? Will Alice as the Guardian be involved? Are they going to visit Storybrooke? Do they have to wait 20 years or something? I'm not doing the math before they can go back and are not interfering with the past. All valid questions, Melanie. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pretty much sums up my brain right now. See. <sighs> I do see. <laughs> I've always thought it was safe to assume that one, if not two, of the finale episodes would be a separate completely separate story like they've done they've actually talked about it they like doing it i'm surprised they didn't get a two-hour episode this year but they might do it on two different nights they like to just separate the story completely and go a completely different direction maybe create an alternate reality of some kind so that they can do whatever they want and illustrate this that and the other so i don't know 
how this would play into that. I just wouldn't be surprised if the Rumple thing gets resolved in the upcoming episode, and then they just do a complete departure for the finale, which I would like. But so here's my concern. I have all these characters that I want to see come back. Granny was one of them, so they did that for me. Are if, yeah. like, if any of these characters come back, is it going to be proper or wish realm versions of themselves? But then I'm like, I guess there aren't really wish realm versions of many of them because they're all dead. They're old or they're dead or they're something. So is that really a happy ending? No. <laughs> no, I, ugh, I'm just so sad. The second they did the wish realm, it needed to end swiftly. And instead, it's just stayed around and continued coming back. <laughs> and I just hope it doesn't spoil the finale for me. Well, I, I'm not a therapist, but I would start to prepare yourself to be disappointed. <laughs> Squid Ink has got nothing on a wish realm. Maybe they'll bring back the burning red room. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe they'll like use Squid Ink and blood magic to get into the burning red room. <laughs> At least that doesn't make Regina the forever evil queen. True. And yeah, it's we're hearing this in chat, and I think we've even said this, like they could very easily reorganize the other shows on Friday nights to give Once Upon a Time a two-hour finale, and the next week give Agents of Shields a two-hour finale. And then it wouldn't be ruining my long weekend <laughs> to watch the series <laughs> it would be finale of the show. It would, only... it would be ruining the American long weekend. No, it would <laughs> be would get... ruining Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> it would be this week. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> They've always ruined well, but, Mother's Day weekend. That's been. Well, but as a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm saying then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would get stuck with Memorial Day weekend. No, it would be next weekend. It would be my long weekend. Like if they moved the two hour finale to this oh, coming week. I see what you're saying. Then that's Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.s could be on my long weekend. I don't care because I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> also i don't do a podcast about it i'm <laughs> true it's all about the podcast it is all about the podcast it's all about our podcast that might be the only though, reason right? why i'm still even watching once upon a time uh ooh, ooh. i'm yeah true kinda, no i probably would have kept watching i just i would have watched it with a lot less thoughts <laughs> The only thing I found out when I Googled 4632, which is the numbers that they keep showing us so clearly when Rumpel opens his safe, is that that is a type of baseball play, 4632. What is the play? I don't know. It has something to do with the numbers of the players and like it's like a triple oh. play or something. I don't know baseball. Oh, I thought it might. Well, I don't either. I thought it might shed light as to what's going to happen with him. He's going to get out. I think that's the play. <laughs> you get somebody out. So, other hopes. Do you do you hope they all go back to their original time and place? Yes, but only if we get to see Snow and Charming and Emma. Right. Because it's not like Regina has been kept from aging, but she's. it's not been so long that they have to make her look older. So they could bring everybody else back without having to make them look older. Well, they don't have to look that old anyway. Just dust some gray. Right. They did it with Belle. True. 
since we don't really know what the timelines are supposed to be exactly, it's hard to say how they would have to do it. True. <laughs> but I I would I thought they had a good thing going, kind of living in Tiana's kingdom, and I thought I think it'd be nice to see them go back there. And be in a time where they can still visit Storybrooke and vice versa and all of that. Yeah, I think that that would be best. I, I don't even know at this point. But yes, I would, line, I would like that. One line from Regina saying, this is my home now, does not have to stick in the next episode. We've seen that very clearly. <laughs> very true. Yeah, just depends what writers take over. Yeah. Before we conclude this episode of the podcast, we do want to uh, give you guys some announcements about some changes that might be happening with the podcast schedule. And also we would like to hear from Daniel. Yes, Daniel has left us a little message um, just to update on his life and where he's been. So we'll play that now. Hi there. I'm sorry for my sudden and unexplained absence from the podcast. Several months ago, my life was tragically turned upside down, and once upon a time's themes of hope, family, and true love are things I, I really can't podcast about right now. But I think Jeremy and Aaron have been doing a really good job on their own. I, I do hope to be back for part of the finale to at least say a final thank you and goodbye in the podcast. For now, though, I ask for your prayers for restoration and healing as I continue to focus on my family. Thank you for your encouragement and support. They mean a lot to me. Thank you. So, yes, Daniel is still behind the scenes, keeping things running, and we do appreciate your continued prayers for him in all of this. Definitely. As far as the schedule goes, we're thinking of doing things a little bit differently around the finale. Um, we don't have any concrete plans, um, but we'll probably be podcasting on some slightly different days than we normally do. We'll be finalizing that schedule sometime before our next episode, and you can watch Twitter for those sorts of announcements as well, and oncepodcast.com slash live. Also watch Twitter because we might be looking for some specific feedback from you guys that we would like to include in any of the extra episodes that we do. And we will post about that on Twitter as well, share it in our upcoming episode before the finale. And this does conclude our discussion of this episode of Once Upon a Time, Is This Henry Mills? If you would like to comment on anything that we've said, you can do that by going to our show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 343. And you can also use that link to share this episode on your social media. Um, every share of the episode helps people find us and helps them get in on the discussion and participating. Please send us your feedback for the next episode of the podcast, which will be about the episode of Once Upon a Time that airs on Friday night. You can send feedback by going to oncepodcast.com slash feedback. You can also follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast and follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Aaron and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Jeremy. I'm on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P H L E G O N. And you can also follow Daniel on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. Special thanks to our whole team of volunteers who helped to make this podcast possible. Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanan for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing spoilers. 
Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Keb for masterminding our timeline, Daniel, Jeremy, Heather, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting the podcast. And until next time, I wish you could remember what it was like to be a kid, to believe I wish you never grew up. (laughs) And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode. If you would like to be a hero too, please visit oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.